2: what's going on everybody this is bGn radio episode number I wasn't paying attention what what you said before we started recording Two what 250 something 253 Brandon put up three fingers uh, I am Jimmy Kemsky with Phillyvoice.com with me as always is the uh finger showing of numbers Brandon Lee Galton, fleeting <laughs> great nation off to a great stat on, on this part on this bleh, on this podcast <laughs> man I am, we're rusty. and Jimmy. actually, I messed up before we even started this podcast. I tried to say yeah. my little yo at the beginning, and I had something stuck in my throat, and now like my voice just cracked a little bit there. Oh, <laughs> just keep this all in. Uh, Brandon, what's going on, buddy? How's your summer going so far? Jimmy,
1: Jimmy, we're rusty here. <laughs> it's been we a while. Recorded yeah. in too long. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, I'll say it here. I'll say it I said it on the mixtape already, but I'll say it here again. Had a passing in my family. My grandmother died. Uh, last week, which is very sad, um, but she lived a good life, and we had the funeral on Wednesday, and it was you know healing and peaceful. So, uh, but it's just been busy. You know, it's like been that. I was on vacation in San Diego, um, just like a lot of moving parts. It feels like so. Just trying to uh, you know find the time to actually do this and and the energy to do this and everything. So here we are, uh, glad to be back. But uh, apologies again to the listeners for the lack of recordings. But it's just been kind of crazy. Uh, especially on my end not so much uh Jimmy you've been fine but just you know uh if if you're mad there haven't been recordings you can be <laughs> mad at me uh, but hopefully you, you can make up for it <laughs> yeah i know uh hopefully today's show which is a fun one i think uh we'll make up for it
2: yeah we're going to take some question or questions from the listeners either on uh from i guess uh when people leave reviews on where can they leave reviews by the way by the way we're legally obligated to answer all your questions We're not going to get to some of them because some of the questions that have been lingering there for a while, like should the Eagles trade for Russell Wilson, for example, we're not going to cover that now. (laughs) And bad job by us by waiting so long to get to some of them, I guess. Mm -hmm. But we're going to get to some of those questions. Brandon solicited some questions on Twitter, so we'll get to some of those as well. Um, But where can they leave reviews and questions and such going forward, Brandon?
1: Well, you can't leave a review, I believe, on Spotify, but you can leave a rating on there. If you want to leave a review, you should go to Apple podcast, leave a rating review, five stars, obviously, and then give us a question, a comment. Um, really appreciate those. I was reading through them today. Some of the ones that didn't have questions, but were nice compliments of the podcast. That's always nice to see and uh, motivating and encouraging and, and uh, makes you feel good about like, okay, maybe I'm, I'm not doing, uh, everything maybe wrong I'm here. Maybe I'm not awful. I can... <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Uh, So that's appreciated. Also should mention that BGN Radio brought to you by Righteous Villain Craft Turkey. Use discount code BGN15 at com for 15% off the best meat snacks you can possibly have in your life, sponsoring BGN Radio for a couple of years now. Uh, all right, Jimmy, are you ready for some of these questions? Yeah, I'm
2: going in blind. I haven't seen any of these questions yet. So let's, uh, yeah, let them rip.
1: So I will give the preference here to the apple podcast reviewer so i guess that's the kind of the standard here like if we do a Mm mailbag mail mail, mail mailbag if we do a mailbag and I, i will read the apple podcast questions first like that's your little bonus as opposed to uh the twitter ones that i have here we'll get to those too but uh first off we'll start with jack mandu 86 okay who has kind of a longer question here, and I think he also tweeted this here on Twitter. So I like that he he was he really wants to get He's this persistent. question in. Uh, I have a question for Jimmy and BLG. Now that the off-season transactions have settled down, and considering BLG's quote, "Do anything you can to get Russell Wilson," end quote. Take would you rather have option A, Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. or option B? Jordan Davis, A.J. Brown, the Saints 20 first-round pick, Hassan Reddick, James Bradbury.
2: The why last two why may, is Hassan well, wait, Reddick and James Bradbury included in there?
1: Well, well he, wait, it's not done okay. The last two <laughs> may be in either or because it's debatable whether they could have afforded either one, but definitely not both. I reject that. And I I'm, reject
2: that premise. But
1: <laughs> And I'm not even including whatever players the Birds would have had to give up to get Russell Wilson. Okay. So that's the question. All
2: right. So uh, I can only answer this on my – on what I was willing to give up if I'm the Eagles for Russell Russell Wilson. I wasn't really willing necessarily to go three first-round picks for him. So I would not give up. um, I would rather have A.J. Brown, Jordan Davis, and the Saints 2023 first-round pick their 2024 second round pick and the 2022 third round pick um so yeah i'd rather have all that package of picks um would i rather have russell wilson over say um aj brown and jordan davis oh no i guess they wouldn't have traded their first round pick for the saints pick that probably wouldn't have happened if they had just traded for russell wilson right because they wouldn't have I mean, in theory, because part of the reason why they did that was because, you know, and, in, 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 you know, sort of as insurance, if Joan Hurts doesn't prove to be the guy this year, we were kind of speculating on that, though. Right. So they probably wouldn't have done that. Um, so I guess the question would be I reject, by the way, the idea that they wouldn't have been able to afford Hassan Reddick and um, James Bradbury because Russell Wilson's contract would have actually been very palatable because the Seahawks would have taken a pretty big. You know, they, they're taking a big cap hit for trading them and you're only getting a salary. And certainly the Eagles would have just taken that salary and boom, dump that into future years like they do with every contract that they have that's sizable. So they would still be able to get Hassan Raddick and James Bradbury um, and everything else that they did in free agency, Kaiser White, etc. I think their off seasons could look pretty much the same otherwise. Uh, but in terms of trading, would I rather have Russell Wilson or uh, we'll call it Jordan Davis? AJ Brown and maybe we'll throw in like I think what what I was willing to go to at the time was like you know like a 2 maybe so maybe Cam Jurgens is gone and I think I maybe said like Fletcher Cox would be in that deal too okay fine you can have Fletcher Cox I'd rather have Russell Wilson than uh Jordan Davis AJ Brown uh Fletcher Cox and say Cam Jurgens for example I'd rather have Russell Wilson um Presumably also you're probably getting something back in return for Jalen Hurts at that point. You're preserving all the picks that you would have had uh, that you used to trade up for Jordan Davis. You'd still have like all those uh, – where well, they trade three picks in addition to their first-round pick to get uh, Jordan Davis. So you, you get those picks back and you're going to get some players uh, you know, early in day three. Um, so yeah, I'd still rather have Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson was awesome last year. Before he got hurt, there's the there's this narrative out there that he was he had a really down year and certainly he did after he like wrecked his finger <laughs> in, the, in in his fifth game. But before that, before that injury occurred, he was on fire. He was as good or better than he has been pretty much throughout his entire career. And I think that he is going to have a great season uh, in Denver this season
1: in the history of the NFL. (laughs) Are teams winning because they have, like, loaded rosters or because they have really, really good quarterbacks? You know, maybe you can find some exceptions, but more often than not, it's quarterback-driven, and that's what it comes down to for me. It's that simple. I know, like, it's... I I feel like this kind of question is kind of, with all due respect to our good friend Jack Mando here, it's kind of, like, supposed to be a gotcha question, like, (laughs) see, would you rather have just the one player, all these other good things? I mean, all those other things are, like, nice in theory, but... They're irrelevant if the quarterback isn't good enough. Like They don't matter at all. So I'd rather have the quarterback to me. That's what I'd rather bet on.
2: It's also what so you already have too. So like if you ask this question, would you rather have this or this before you actually acquire those players? I feel like it's you know maybe not as slanted toward what you've already sort of uh, gotten comfortable with, what the Eagles have already done. Acquiring Jordan Davis and AJ Brown and right on down the line Cam Jerkins whatever 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 package of players you want to throw in there they're already on the team so you already kind of gotten comfortable with those players you learned a lot about them now you want to keep them you love those guys whereas maybe you didn't before all that happened right.
1: also like the idea of getting Russell Wilson is you you have fixed the quarterback position like it's done now with Jalen Hurts maybe he'll prove himself but let's say he doesn't okay now what. You know what I mean? Like that's there's no my my whole thing with this has been there's no guaranteed light at the end of the tunnel. It's not as simple as you can just trade up to number one in the twenty mm-hmm. twenty three NFL draft and draft Bryce Young, and then that's fixed. First of all, because you probably can't trade that high because there's other quarterback needy teams with multiple picks. And I I don't know. Bryce Strong might not even be good for all I know. Right. You know, like it's not there's no sure and and there's no sure bet in terms of, you know, free agents who are going to be available or quarterbacks you can trade for. I'm not saying the Eagles are screwed and they're hopeless. There could be options that come up, but there's there's no guarantee. Like there's no guaranteed option. And Russell Wilson was a guaranteed option in front of them if you could get him. I um, mean, obviously, you know, there was talk about him not wanting to come here, which is extremely relevant when he is a no trade clause mm-hmm. and everything. So, um, I'm not going to crush the Eagles for not getting yeah, it done. I think they did the right
2: thing. I, I wouldn't have given up with Denver gave up, by the way. And I think that what they were able to accomplish with the picks that they had, that they didn't trade away for Russell Wilson, was very good. So like, I don't mean to sound – personally speaking, I'm not criticizing them for not trading for Russell Wilson because, again, I wouldn't have given up what Denver gave up. And like you said, he didn't want to come here anyway, so it's kind of a moot point. So
1: I kind of have a spinoff question for you, something I've been thinking about. Who is the quarterback to me that everyone like talked themselves into and then it worked out? And I don't know if you know what I mean mm. by that, but I I think it happens many in an offseason where everyone talks themselves into a less than, you know, obviously good quarterback like a Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you mean I with think the, the same Eagles Bradford.
2: Or around the league?
1: I mean, really kind of well, either or I was thinking of how people talk themselves into Sam Radford. I'm thinking of how more recently I'm sure Panthers fans are like talking themselves into Baker Mayfield at some level. Like, there's always that quarterback that I feel like people talk themselves into. And it's like they just need more time. And I guess people would say Josh Allen. But again, that's just that's such not the typical kind of. Well, first of all, he's a first round pick. It's just it's not apples to apples to me as I've gone on many times before about why I think Josh Allen to Jalen Hurts comparisons are are not good it's just something I think about like I just feel like a lot of people are talking themselves into Hurts or being like you know you give him as a better supporting cast and he could be better and and I'm again I'm not saying that's like without any merit but I just I think you kind of know by this point is how I feel about it you either you have a good sense of this guy is really special or not I don't think there's like a total surprise to come out of quarterbacks like, like relatively later into their careers and not necessarily later like 10 years into it even a couple of seasons into it I just that's not the norm to me
2: I do have an answer for your spinoff question and this isn't I don't know if this is along the lines of like what you're talking about in terms of like a young quarterback coming up but at the end of the 2017 uh, regular season after Nick Foles had you know the bad game against the Raiders the bad game the bad like quarter and a half or whatever it was in the final meaningless game against Dallas he did not look good you're hoping to see you know, improvement at least like get him out there let him show something heading into that bye week did not look great against Atlanta even though they were able to win that game in the playoffs people have talked themselves into Nick Foles and in my mind I was like the, they're done <laughs> like now that Carson Wentz is out for the year they're done and people were just i mean they they were maybe High on the uh, on the way that the Eagles had played throughout the entire regular season, and they were talking themselves into Nick Foles, and ultimately Foles got it together, and he was amazing, obviously in those uh, in those final two games against the Vikings. I don't think that's against Vikings and Patriots, but I don't think that's what you're talking about here. Like no, I'm talking more up. like
1: career yeah and and you know i think people who also were skeptical falls have also been validated in ways that like he clearly has not been able to be a starter since then like like the the, like the skepticism wasn't totally unfounded yeah clearly he he did better
2: he, he has found pockets of magic over his career but uh has not sustained it you know consistently over his career um as far as Hertz goes yeah i mean the question is is what is his ceiling is his ceiling like you know uh top you know, eight quarterback five. I mean, by now I think we'd probably have an idea that it can be that or not. And I lean toward not, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see him. We'll see him play this year. So he's got a chance Mm -hmm. to improve in two specific areas, accuracy and um, getting the ball out quickly um, slash reading defenses uh, more quickly, you know, kind of being more confident at getting the ball out quickly And also, um, not just looking to the right side of the field all day and on every, on every play and using the entire field as, as opposed to just that one side, um, those are areas that he's got to improve substantially in 2022. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's his third year. He started what, 21 games, I think so far, including the playoffs last year, 20, I think 20 games, um. So it's not a huge sample size, but it's kind of big enough where you can get in a, a really good idea of what he is. Um, I had just written, I don't know, did you read my article about piggybacking off the Around the NFL podcast by any chance? Do you listen to the Around the uh, NFL podcast with no. uh, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler? Uh, oh, Dan I know Hanzus. what you're talking
1: about now. Yeah, your article where it was like. Because it's the it's the question that everyone asks about like what does Hertz need to do? Yeah,
2: right. And I never have a good answer for that. Like, uh, well, because it's silly. It's like, like 4, okay, he has, yards. He, that he needs doesn't to, mean anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The,
1: okay, so he's at three thousand nine hundred <laughs> yards. I mean, <laughs> he, right. cut him. Get,
2: all right, get rid of this guy. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's sort of like there's it's it's there's no one stat that is gonna you know punch his ticket to being the kind of, you know the Eagles quarterback in twenty twenty three. But I like the way that they put it, so not not with Hertz specifically, but uh, the late, great Chris Wessling coined the Andy Dalton uh, scale, where uh, if you're better than Andy Dalton and – this is, of course, when Andy Dalton was a, a longtime starter, not now, when he's a backup. Um, uh, if you're better than Andy Dalton as a quarterback, then your team is fine. You don't necessarily need to go out of your way to find a new one. If you're not as good as Andy Dalton, you better go out and find a new quarterback. So uh, – they he called Andy Dalton the prime meridian. If you're on the good side of the prime meridian, then you're fine. If you're not, then you're not fine. So they were trying to Chris uh excuse me uh uh Rosenthal, Hanzoos and Sessler. They were trying to come up with the new um uh, uh you know, prime meridian quarterback. And they all had they, they, they I forget who was the the guest on that on that uh episode. My apologies. He's not a regular on the podcast. He was a guest. Um but th- those four guys came up with four different quarterbacks. I landed personally on Kirk Cousins, which, yeah, is, it's Kirk. <laughs> which I think is who Mark Sessler said uh, should be that primary. And actually, after they each came up with their own individual guy, uh, they they had the their listeners vote on it and Kirk Cousins ran away with it. So I feel like uh, Kirk Cousins is the most obvious choice. If Jalen Hurts is better than what Kirk Cousins is as of Today we're recording this on July eighth, twenty twenty two. What Kirk Cousins is right now, if John Hurts is better than that profile of player, then yeah, I think you can go ahead and uh be okay with him as your quarterback in twenty twenty three. If better options come along and you can improve that position substantially, go ahead and do it. And then there's a certain point where I call I came up with my own like Malkovich meridian. Where you know, pay, if you um, have, you you're not a big movie guy, I'm guessing you've never <laughs> seen Rounders. Is is that correct? No. Well, there's a correct. There's a there, he says in that movie, pay that man. He's like Russian. <laughs> he beats I, me. I know this. Pay line. that man. Yeah, I do money. know the line. <laughs> so where's that line? I and for that line, I came. I think I said Dak was that line. Is is he as good mm. or better than Dak? And if so. Then go ahead and pay him don't don't bother going out looking for uh, i think him being on that level this in you know this upcoming season is probably unlikely so um i think next off season we're gonna it's everything's gonna be on the table again in terms of what they do at the quarterback position
1: Kirk cousins to me to me is the worst quarterback to have in the nfl and that is different than <laughs> yeah. the worst quarterback in the nfl well, that's his I like point to make he's, that like, he's like he's
2: like purgatory
1: yes yeah But I think people conflate or like confuse that. It's like, well, if your quarterback sucks, then you would be the worst team. That's the worst quarterback to have. And it's like, no, it's not, because you know you can move on from Mm -hmm. him and not waste seasons and seasons. And that's kind of one of my fears with Jalen Hurts. I I think it's very clear he's not one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. But I fear he might be one of the worst quarterbacks to have, ultimately, if he middles out and he kind of just plateaus and he kind of just is what he was last year or at least around that for most of his career. To me, the things he needs to do are like show win because of moments as Mm -hmm. opposed to just win with like he's along for the ride and the Eagles have to have a passing offense that isn't the lowest volume in the league. And they also have to beat good teams in part because of Jalen Hurts. That is something they have not done at all. Really is a team, but it, it, him being part of it as well. So all of that to me, and honestly, I think the biggest metric is vibe. Like, does it feel right? <laughs> you know, does it feel like he he really is this guy, or like are you talking yourself into it? And that's one of the things that annoys me at a larger level with these quarterbacks. Like, you if you have to like prop them up with stats and everything, like people do with Kirk Cousins, and like it, it, it doesn't fully reflect the reality. Like, I hate I hate that. I hate that so much. Because it's like you're just lying to yourselves, really. And you know he's actually not that great in terms of being able to compete for a championship. So it's like, it's like uh, Carson
2: that... Wentz, by the way. Sorry to cut you off. With, 27 and seven last year. Sure. 27 touchdowns, exactly. seven interceptions. And we all saw that that was totally misleading on the kind of season that he had. Yeah, last it was year. bogus. Yeah.
1: All right. So let's. that was, was one question, basically. <laughs> so let's move on. Um, where are we at? We're 20 minutes into the record. <laughs> Lord Hades asked. After this 2022 Eagles draft, I'm having a hard time reconciling my gut fire Howie instinct with the clear trend on improving and successfully repairing the damage he caused in the past. I was wondering what your thoughts were.
2: Okay. Well, for me, I think he's a better builder than sustainer. Um, they, they, I wouldn't say they hit rock bottom necessarily in 2020, but they weren't that far off they were one of the worst teams in the NFL by the time that season was over and they were not only bad they were boring and they had a terrible cap situation what he has done since has been really impressive i mean let's give credit where it's due he's rebuilt the roster um it's not complete yet in my opinion but it's uh it's it's a it's a lo- they're in a lot better shape now than they were um you know 2 years ago obviously and they have future assets in, in the draft that um that he's gonna have to play with um in twenty twenty three and then also to a lesser degree in twenty twenty four. So um the the turnaround that he has had has saved him in a way <laughs> from in, in the in the minds of a lot of Eagles fans. Uh but he was certainly at his I I thought he was um there was there should have been I thought he should have been fired, frankly, after the 2020 season because it wasn't even just that A lot season. Of people he, did. he had had like four straight bad off seasons at that point. Um, misses in free agency, misses in the draft, misses badly in, in terms of um, re-signing players already on the team. Uh, most notably, like Alshon Jeffrey, for example, uh, Carson Wentz. We would find out later. Although I didn't really hate that move at the time um but yeah so he had had those four really bad seasons and now he's strung together two really good ones so i think he's sort of um you know made up for a lot of the bad that he did but he kind of wrecked wrecked is probably the wrong way to put it but he didn't sustain what was a great 2017 roster they had a lot of guys on a contract uh after that super bowl season it se- they seemed poised to be really good for a long time and then boom they just weren't so like now they're rebuilding again and he's, he's at his best when he's, when he's, when he's building the team from, from nothing than when the team are already actually has uh valuable assets.
1: Yeah. And part of that is he's at his best when his back is against the wall, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of criticism and he knows he can't just like rest on his laurels necessarily. and needs to like, and has his feet held to the fire and needs to produce. Um, so he's been good in that sense when the pressure is on to your point about really kind of disquandering like you know like a super bowl caliber roster yeah. and obviously there were changes after that season but the reality is they won one playoff game after that like <laughs> one playoff game and it was the double dunk game where they easily very <laughs> yes. feasibly could have lost that yeah. game so like that's their that's how he's accomplishment outside of the super bowl run which he certainly deserves credit for not taking it away but I'm saying like you know that's more of an anomaly potentially where you're not seeing any kind of playoff success really outside of that one year. And I can't help, but think about how the past couple seasons, seasons, um, and this includes the 2020 year, which is bad, but to my point about please beat a good team Eagles, the quarterbacks they have beaten the last two years are Nick Mullins, Daniel Jones twice, Ben DiNucci, Taysom Hill, Matt Ryan, Sam Darnold, Jared Goff, Teddy Bridgewater, Trevor Simeon, Zach Wilson, Garrett Gilbert, Taylor Heineke, and I don't even think I included uh what's the the Giants quarterback's name? Well Jake Fromm.
2: Jake yeah. Fromm started and then he got benched for Mike Lennon in that game. Mike Lennon.
1: Yeah. So take your pick. Yeah. What like you know, point being, you know, like just a they've beaten teams. They haven't been a total disaster, like the Jets or someone, but like, you know, they're beating like nobody. Like beat someone. One time. So yeah. Still a lot to prove in terms of can Howie build a roster that actually beats yes, good teams and can make playoff runs. And more important to anything, more more important than anything to me, and he's kind of going to go back to the criticisms I had of him before the Eagles went on their Super Bowl run. Cause if I'm not mistaken, entering that 2017 season, I think Howie was like five hundred since that he took over for the Eagles. He had a perfect like five hundred record. And my biggest criticisms against him were like no playoff success, really, to be spoken of. I think they had zero playoff wins at that point in his tenure, if I'm not mistaken. And they didn't have a franchise quarterback. They haven't had, like, they not only have they not had, like, a franchise, I mean, because, like, you know, Wentz appeared to be one, but they haven't had stability at that position. And it's kind of impressive that they've had success, I guess, <laughs> despite that, or some, some success. Uh, but, like, moving forward, you need to get that guy. You need to find your franchise quarterback. And if he can't do that, then you know trading for AJ Brown and all this stuff and getting the Saints picks and all, like all that's nice, but like if you don't have the franchise quarterback, going back to the first question, then it kind of doesn't matter. So at the end of the day, he still has to he very much still has to find that before I think he is fully redeemed in my eyes. Okay. Um, next question, kind of related. Uh wait, no, I skipped ahead. Let me go back up. Uh, Jeremiah Eshbach asks, I was thinking. NFL teams are run by billionaires. We can agree on that. My question is, in the current socioeconomic climate, would it be possible for a bored billionaire to hire a mercenary army and just take over a small country? What? (laughs) What's your answer, Jimmy?
2: Wait, repeat that again?
1: Do you think... It is possible yeah. for a billionaire yeah. to hire a mercenary army and take over a small country.
2: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: seems possible to me. I
2: don't think the United States would allow that.
1: Hmm. I don't think anyone should do that, to be clear. Right. But I, but I also is it I possible? Think, the question I is, think, is it possible? I
2: think if, uh, if this were, I assume we're talking about a United States citizen here, not that it matters anyway. But I think that uh, the other countries of the world would not allow that to happen.
1: Well, hopefully not. So it's not just like All you right. can
2: attack a country and the rest of the world is going to go, okay, I'm, we're fine with that. Um, there th- well, there are other countries that will get involved and squash this militia that the billionaire puts together. That's my
1: take. Uh, Heaps33 asks, where is your off-season vacation destination? So I already know the answer to this, Jimmy, because mm-hmm. you went to you Italy did. and I went to San Diego where I had a good time. But I would add in to kind of make this question relevant, because this question was asked before we went on vacation, to be clear. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, where's somewhere you went to travel to next?
2: Yeah. uh, I think the next one is going to be Barbados. I Hmm. haven't been there yet. I'm a big uh, Caribbean guy for a couple of reasons. I like the beach and I like going there in... So I've been to Aruba a few times. I like going there in February when the weather's a terrible here, and I can get away. And the weather down there is like eighty. Uh, so Aruba, Barbados, whatever. I like you know um, I like escaping the cold and going to places like that. But then also uh, Aruba, for example, and I don't know how I don't know how much that this differs from Barbados or whatever. But it's a direct flight Philly to Aruba. It's like four hours. You get a rental car, you're at your hotel in like 15 minutes. It is super easy to get to most places, anyway, uh, in the Caribbean. So I would imagine that my next vacation will be after the 2022 season is over. Now, I should note, last year we went to Costa Rica in February. And we I went the week prior to the Super Bowl. And I made those plans like way early. So I was counting on the Eagles, of course not getting to the super bowl and they made the playoffs so it was like uh-oh i know it's a long shot for them to still even get that far but uh something's going to have to give if they win a couple playoff games i will not be doing that this year to be clear uh i will mm. wait a little while until i book any such vacation and if they make the playoffs i won't book anything until the season's definitely over
1: for me you know i've been to boston i've been to the northeast i've been to florida before Pacific Northwest, did California for the first time this summer, been to New Orleans. So, you know, I'm trying to like figure out like where, what region really haven't I been to yet. And I guess Texas might be okay. it. Um, might have to go to Texas, might have to do a podcast, RJ in person among amongst the Cowboys fans and uh, and represent down there. So maybe it's there. I That's like my answer for a place I haven't been yet. Because um, I kind of want to do the U.S. before I have like a super big desire. Not that I'd turn down an opportunity to go out of the country, but that's just not on my mind yet. Uh, whereas uh, if I'm just picking a place that I've already been to, I want to go to Chicago for a third time. Because I really like Chicago a lot. You should uh, go the and eat Eagles play there.
2: Not quite when as far. That, December? that was one of the bummer. Uh, that was kind of like one of the, the bad parts of the schedule travel wise when that came yeah. out. I was hoping Chicago <laughs> would be early in, September. Uh, in the year. September or even October would be fine. But they got to play. Yeah, I don't want to do December. They Chicago. play there in December. <laughs> I was there. You know what? I was in Chicago for the, during the weekend of – I forget the year, but it was during the uh, NFC, AFC championship games. It was the game where the Giants were in Green Bay and Tom Coughlin, he was basically purple. Like he looked like mm. an eggplant. On the sideline, oh, it,
1: during the Giants Super Bowl cause, run, yeah,
2: because it was so insanely cold. That was in Green Bay. That was a little up the road from Chicago, but Chicago was also freezing. Like it was like mm. minus fifteen, but also like super windy. It was brutal in Chicago when I was there that weekend.
1: Yeah, that's that's one thing. <laughs> I I feel like if I wasn't in Philly, I might live in Chicago just because I've always liked it so yeah. much. But. uh I don't know about those winners, though. Great that's, that's...
2: summer city, winter. Yes. a little dicey.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, why don't we take a break here? And before we do, I'll tell you very quickly about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, which you can get by going to RighteousFelon.com. They also have non-jerky options. I know uh, my friends Holden and Elizabeth like to bring up when I, I mentioned the Biltong, which is my favorite. Um, they have, which is like, you know, a softer, tender. Uh, option relative to the the jerky they also have turkey jerky and non-meat snacks you can check it all out at righteousfelon.com and you use discount code bgn15 to get 15% off and if you don't eat meat or that's not your thing, well, you might have a dog. And if you have a dog, you need to go to wildnaturepet.com and use discount code BGN15 for 15% off dog treats. There's no good excuse to not spoil your dog. So go do that. Help support the podcast. And we really appreciate it if you can. Jimmy. Back
2: after this.
1: Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy. The next question we have here comes from... So those were all the Apple podcasts, to be clear. So we're, out, we're now we're moving on to Twitter. Okay. So I'll, I'll read the Twitter handles. at Dave Hinden asks, What would the Seahawks need to offer you right now to trade Jalen Hurts at this point in the offseason? Even though we're not fully sold on Hurts trading him at the moment would seriously mess up the good vibes with the team currently. Plus there is still outside chance he can be a top 10 quarterback.
2: Yeah. So we're going to file this one under things that will never happen (laughs) because the Eagles would have to get a lot in return to basically piss off the entire rest of the roster prior to the season beginning. When, uh, as he notes, the vibes are, you know, quite high right now. Um, So, but Seattle, ha- Seattle is one of those five teams that has two first-round mm-hmm. picks next year, right? It starts there. Like, I, I want both of your first-round picks next year if I'm going to mm. piss off my entire roster by trading the starting quarterback that everyone seems to like a lot. Um, and probably I want more. So the Seahawks, mm. no way in hell they're going to give up that uh, or more. Uh, forget, like, the more part. They're not going to give up their two first-round picks in 2023. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, definitely uh like a fantasy kind of question um sure but um yeah i I, for me it starts with those two picks and then i'm probably asking for mm. more as well
1: interesting i know it would maybe anger the locker room or whatever but i mean if i'm just you know joe banering this and like i don't care about that i'm just doing <laughs> right. like what's best for the team on paper i mean i'm doing at least a one one probably a one plus something would probably get me um, thinking on that, I think you would not have a huge drop off necessarily to Minshew. Um, and relative to what like,
2: they have their pick and then who's their, who do they have a pick the Broncos from? pick, I guess. Oh, that, yeah, obviously. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that'll be probably yeah. a later pick.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no guarantee they make the playoffs because of how d- that tough that – I would actually probably – I might have them fourth in that division right now. I could see it happening. Not because I don't like Russ, but just because that division is so yeah. tough. Well, so, so that could but, be but, like – you know, You're still top. probably
2: looking at like they're going to be – it's going to be on the, in the back half. So even if they don't make the playoffs, they'll still have a like good 14, record. in 15. Yeah.
1: Fifteen, seventeen, somewhere yeah. around there. Um but yeah, so I would I would probably be okay with that plus something else that is I don't know if that's Metcalf I mean Metcalf is a lot probably to ask for and it wouldn't really make sense here after you already gave big money to AJ Brown and you're gonna have to pay Devontae Smith at some point. You can't also like
2: Yeah, you can't pay AJ Brown DK. twenty million and then also DK Metcalf over twenty million.
1: Right. Um so yeah, I think at least one first plus something else would uh, be enough for me. But also, uh, yeah, it's not realistic, and I'm not. No, no one is advocating that that happens at this point. Uh, at forty tons, seventy miles per. Uh, sorry, at forty tons, seventy mph. I should say. S. <laughs> uh, Howie has had a good off season. In the same year, Lurie said he'd be less involved. Which I don't know. Did he say that? He did. So uh, we he did know-
2: say that during the uh, owners' meetings. But he also kind of mm-hmm. said that my involvement has been overblown uh, you know, in the past as well. Which so it hasn't. He didn't necessarily uh, – I'd have to go back and read exactly what he said. I'm not sure if he said it, his involvement has been less. But he said he's basically not been involved this year.
1: I guess I remember – I think it was Marcus Hayes who had kind of reported at one point this offseason that Howie kind of has like more control than ever. Okay. Like this, this off season has really been on him. Of course, that's also very convenient to come out after everyone has already kind of universally pan <laughs> right. the off season, which was kind of the case that didn't happen before <laughs> right. moves were made. That happened after moves that were popular yeah. and were made. So take it for what it's worth. <laughs> but uh, the question continues. We know Lurie is a guy who likes to be buddies with players. Many recent bad decisions have centered around hanging on to players yeah, too JP. long. Have we been bl- have we been blaming the wrong guy all along? So. Was it actually Lurie to blame and Howie is the good one?
2: Howie himself said that he has a problem with getting too attached to players. Howie himself has said that, volunteered that mm-hmm. on his own. So in on that front, in terms of uh you know, placing blame via Howie, Lurie, whatever, Roseman has admitted that's one of his deficiencies. And he con- continues to kind of do it. Like they just, just signed Fletcher Cox to 14 million, you know, one year contract for no good reason. So it's not like he's improved in that area in any way. Uh, but he himself has said that he is, he's, you know, he, that's one of his downfalls. Uh, so I don't think we can go put, putting that on, on Laurie when, how he has sort of volunteered that on his own.
1: Uh, Yeah. Again, I go back to, I think some people, Are getting a little too ahead of themselves if they're like everyone needs to apologize for to Howie for having a great off season. It's like okay, he did on paper, that's great. Got to see the results though too, because if those don't happen, okay, like great, you had a good off season, and now your team isn't actually any good because maybe those moves were not as good as we thought on paper. Um, so you know, if the Eagles,
2: you know what though, I think in past years we kind of knew that his off seasons weren't good. And then they
1: weren't good. I'm not questioning, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you can't, I, no one owes Howie an apology. Yeah, yeah, in well, my that's mind true. Yeah, un- yeah. <laughs> Until, like, we see the Eagles check off some of the bigger things in terms of winning playoff games, beating good teams, and having a franchise quarterback. Like, then you can ap- apologize to Howie if he has kind of done those things. Um, yeah. I, I, no one has ever said Howie's, like, the worst GM in the league. That's, that's a straw man. If you're trying to say that, that has never been the case. It's that. He is probably one of the better GMs in the league, but uh, I think there's been some, you know, some delusional moves and not being honest about the team situation. I think he has absolutely done better recently, and that's good, and we'll acknowledge that here. But there's still a lot to prove. It's not like he's proven everyone wrong definitively. It is now, it is now like canon that everyone was wrong. Like that's just too much to me.
2: On the how he isn't as bad as other GMs around the league. That is very true. Like there are so many bad GMs in this league. Just look at the Baker Mayfield trade that just happened. So it's a bad deal by the Browns. They trade, you know, they trade him for a fifth round pick and they take on half of his salary. And then also you look at the, what the Panthers have done. They traded a two or three a four, a five and a six or something like that. They traded a crazy number of draft picks way too much for Sam Darnold, for Baker Mayfield, And also to move up to get Matt Corral, none of whom are, you know, likely long-term solutions for their franchise. And then you look at what the Panthers gave up for Baker, which you know, in a vacuum, that one trade was, I think, a good deal for them. They gave up five, and they got the Browns to take on half of his salary. He's at least going to make them watchable this year. Whereas Sam Darnold, icebreakers, by the way, I've, I've mentioned my mouth. Sorry about that. It was a bad idea to put <laughs> to pop them in. <laughs> but Sam Darnold was going to make them totally unwatchable. You compare the Baker trade to what Washington gave up for Carson Wentz. They gave up a two, a three, I and mean, basically the equivalent of a four to move up from the 47th pick to the 42nd pick. And they took on his entire contract when it was clear the Colts were going to cut him if nobody traded for him. So, like, those three teams right there. You just look at the bad GM work by all, th- and you by comparison, it's hard to kind of quibble over, like for, we mentioned Fletcher Cox's one-year contract for $14 million. That's nothing compared to what some of these other teams are doing.
1: Uh, Alex252 asks, what's the worst, looks good on paper, but really wasn't good NFL achievement you've seen? For example, the 29th, or sorry, the 2009 Eagles were the worst 11 and five team I've ever seen, or Jason Babin's 18 sack season. Mm. I want to start first here okay. because to me, it's my biggest pet peeve with the Eagles, and it's the four playoffs in the last five years. It is the most the stupidest thing, or one of the, it's not, maybe the stupidest is is a little too harsh, but it's such a dumb thing. I, I hate it so much. It's like, well, see, the Eagles aren't they weren't ever dysfunctional as people thought. They've made the playoffs four in the last five years. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> the Super Bowl year, you, there's no, you know, you can't pick it, that apart at all. That was great. <laughs> yeah. But it's also five years ago now. And you're kind of just extending the success <laughs> of that, as you've mentioned before. You're drawing the credit out uh, for you, what you can get for that. They win one playoff game the next year. Okay. That's good. They made it. They barely made it in 2018.
2: What was, right? was their, were 16. they nine and seven that year or were they ten? They were nine and seven, right?
1: I forget, but yeah. They they barely win a playoff game. Okay, they you know things go differently in the, against the Saints. Maybe they're going on a run, but it didn't. Um, and just as you need, uh, and you need good things to happen when you go on a run, like we saw with the Keanu Neal interception. So you're not always going to get all those breaks. Is my point. Uh, they did get a break against the Bears. Okay, so that's 2018. Yeah,
2: they were nine and seven that year.
1: 2019. You know they're not looking too good until Carson Wentz. Also and nine and the seven. Kids. Yes. <laughs> Saves them and they win a very bad NFC East. Uh to make the playoffs and then score like what six or three points or something against the Seahawks because Wentz gets yeah. hurt. Didn't even win a game. Okay. Uh and it's not like the Seahawks were amazing and unbeatable. And you were at home. Yeah, they got smoked lost the next game.
2: week, if I recall. The Seahawks did.
1: Twenty twenty they missed the playoffs, so that's the fourth that's the one year they didn't and then in 2021, they don't beat a good team basically all year. Terrible quarterbacks. <laughs> they make the playoffs as a seventh seed, which didn't even exist till a couple of years <laughs> right. ago.
2: They're 9-8. and eight,
1: And then they instantly get smoked in the first round where they weren't even competitive in the yeah. game like they were down what 31 to 0 like you don't get credit for like it's it's, a, it's insane to me you would take credit for that like wow we're so happy we made the playoffs for the last 5 years including that one year where we basically weren't even really playing in a game like that's not that's not an achievement do not hang a banner for that
2: yeah so what they were hold on let me just do this math real quick uh, the last so from 2018 to 20 through 2021, I'm sorry, my Excel mm-hmm. is just pulling up here. I should be able to do this math in my head, but I'm stupid, so I can't. Uh, but okay, it's opening. Uh, all right, so nine and seven. What are you
1: trying to achieve?
2: Their total record: nine and seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, nine seven four so eleven. So including the playoffs and one, too, and then nine and eight. So they were. Well, are
1: you, so you didn't even include the playoff records no. in there, which I feel like you should.
2: I will in a second. All right. So the, they're thirty-one, thirty-three, and one the last four years, and then they're what one and two in the playoffs. So no, one and three in the playoffs. Sorry. Right. So, um, yeah. So <laughs> they're below average team the last four years, if you want to look at it that way. <laughs> sure.
1: But you know, four out of so that is one thing to say that and playoffs <laughs> four out of the last five years sounds a lot more rosy <laughs> than it is. That's to me. right. That's the point for sure. Do you have any examples of this?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I guess I talked about it earlier. Carson Wentz is twenty-seven and seven last year. <laughs> like, okay. So I only. I am not going to claim to see to have seen every Colts game last year, but I feel like whenever I did catch them, he was bad. The, the games that I watched mm-hmm. were uh, the Patriots. He was terrible, and they dropped a bunch of interceptions in that game. Do you remember that game against New England? I think it was a primetime yes, game. Yes, I
1: do. I was watching that. his
2: stats wound up not being that bad. Uh, but he. Was... I
1: tweeted something during that game to the effect of, like, I forget what it was, but, like, Colts are going to need to look for a new quarterback soon because Wentz was struggling <laughs> early on in that game. Yeah. And then a bunch of Colts fans found that tweet, or, like, <laughs> Eagle fans who still like Wentz found that tweet and were like, oh, imagine saying this. And then... <laughs> uh nobody know.
2: comes back and apologizes when they uh slam right or something like that by the way uh raiders terrible in that game like i mean not terrible but he he had the chance to put the game away to you know, lay up throw down the sideline to uh ty hilton to throw 30 yards over his head jaguars Ooh, game yeah obviously terrible in that game both i saw both of their games against the titans and like he was up and down in those games but they lost their
1: He was he was really hurt huge, in the one i remember.
2: Yeah, well one of them was early in the season when he still had those yeah. like that double sprained ankle was it? Like he had sprained ankles and, and on both like both of his ankles were sprained. Uh so right. yeah, you gave him maybe a little bit of pass there but th- those were two hugely important games. It was, th- that was the only like the Eagles and Cowboys, like, you know, they're, yeah, it's like the Titans were their only competition really that year. Um, And they lost both those games, obviously the one, in the one game that was his infamous left-handed throw from the end zone that got picked and returned for a touchdown that everyone said was smart because of safety, <laughs> safety would have ended that game. The one good game that I saw him play. Was Arizona like? He made some great throws in that game. One in particular into the end zone, like was an incredible throw. That's what he's capable of. He's talented. He's got a huge arm. He can make like highlight real plays. But ultimately, he misses the layups and he does. You know, he makes too many stupid hero ball plays. Most notably, the fumble against the Jaguars. When granted, like he got no protection on that play. Guy came free. He but he saw him coming. Take the sack. Instead, he's trying, he's trying to shovel it. By the way, there was no receiver in the area on that. Like when he tried to mm-hmm. shovel it, there's no, he wouldn't have even been able to shovel it to anyone. So if like he had, if he'd even gotten it off, it would have been intentional grounding. It would have been the same result as the sack anyway. As, as he's trying to shovel, gets the ball knocked out, fumble, Jaguars recover. I don't remember if they scored a touchdown on field goal on the ensuing possession. They did. doesn't matter. Uh they It was points the other way. It's he the, and the twenty-seven-seven looks amazing on paper, but it just isn't the reality of how he played. So uh, that's a bad example because I already gave that earlier in the in the podcast. But um, I'd have to think a little bit more on that one. Maybe I'll actually yeah next time I do a mailbag I'll expand on that one. Like for, well, you like just love talking about
1: Carson <laughs> Wentz, Jimmy. That's right. Uh, I
2: had it on the brain and- the twenty-seven-seven.
1: And you didn't even mention him being clearly not a good leader. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. You know, yeah. the intangibles yeah. are not there and that's a big issue. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I will say there's definitely going to be, to your point about like, having a big arm and being able to make plays, like there's going to be some times this year, potentially against the Eagles, <laughs> where he's going to be connecting with Terry McLaurin <laughs> deep down right. the field. And that's going to be a problem. Um, but of imagine course trading
2: be this guy <laughs> twice. <laughs> imagine two teams giving up on this guy.
1: Uh, at pinch my squid, good friend of the pod, asks, "Who are you most excited to see in training camp?"
2: Hmm. Well, they got a lot of new players, so um, yeah, but pick one. You can go a lot of different directions. For me, I think it's AJ Brown, just because I, hmm. I want to see you know what he looks like catching the ball in practice. Um, but you know, they have a lot of potential impact additions from Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean. Bradbury, Kaiser, White, go right on down the line. But I think for me that the guy that I'm most interested in watching is is A.J. Brown.
1: It's a chalk pick to say Jalen Hurts because – and I think it's absolutely relevant how he performs in camp.
2: Uh, Well, he's going to be the most scrutinized player in camp, no question.
1: I saw you write this though in an article recently. Like, we saw Wentz in 2017. He had a really good mm-hmm. camp that year. Yep. And he carried that over into the regular season. And that's not to say camp means everything, because I've also seen Nick Foles have a really bad camp and then <laughs> do <laughs> right. good when he's played. Right. Um, although, but it can, it can, because I always go back to Wentz having a really bad camp yeah. in 2020, and it, or at least not a good one. And everyone, I don't think, didn't know what to make of that at the time. But then it was very clear in hindsight, like, oh, that was a sign of bad <laughs> things right. to come. So we'll see how Hurts looks. To me, though, if we're going outside of him, because that's kind of a boring answer, I would say Nicobe Dean, okay. because I want to see, can he, are there any injury issues that pop mm-hmm. up? Like, Is there anything you know that kind of like goes to why he was drafted lower than expected? I, I mean, it could be tough for him to fully make an impact here, because I think part of what makes him special is his ability as a pass rusher, and he's not going to be able to do that fully in practice. Although, you know, maybe he's getting kind of like to the quarterback a lot. And they're whistling plays dead because he's like up in his face. So, uh, and then just to see what else, though, beyond that, just flying is he flying around? Is he making plays on the ball? Uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see. And also, like, how his reps go because in OTAs, Jimmy, you know, he wasn't there with the first team. It was Kaiser White mm-hmm. and TJ Edwards. So, are they going to eventually mix Nicobe Dean in or is he going to continue to be kind of with the second team? So, I think he will be really interesting to watch.
2: Well they're gonna cross train uh, then... him at by the way at Mike and Will. Um they they feel he can handle that mentally, no problem whatsoever. In fact, they kind of said like his offense or excuse me, his defense at Georgia was more complicated than the one that the Eagles run. The Eagles said this, by the way, not anybody, I like think the Eagles said it's more complicated mm-hmm. than than what they run. So he's gonna pick up the defense, no problem. So he can play either spot theoretically. Uh, whenever wh- wherever they fit him in at but i think all three of those guys are it's, it's sort of interesting like how that linebacker position is going to sort of play out i know this is kind of getting off topic from the question but uh since you mentioned him may as well just cover it real quick i think all the three of those guys are going to have a role it's not just going to be like these two guys are playing and then the other guy isn't i think tj edwards nicobe dean and kaiser sure. white are all going to split snaps
1: Right, but what does that role look like? Yeah. We'll see. Uh, why don't we take another break here, okay. and then we'll finish up with the questions. Jimmy, why don't you tell me about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and com?
2: Yeah, our schedule's starting to heat up a little bit here in the summer. Uh, market's a little weird right now in the housing market, but uh, if you're looking to buy or sell your house, please call Kristen Roach, 856-906-9295. Or go to Roach again, 856-906-9295. Brandon. Back after this. Kristen <laughs> Roach of Roach Tours. Roach Trail Tours. Roach Trail Tours. Kristen Roach of Roach Tours. She's the greatest. 856-906-929. <laughs>
0: 869069295
1: oh, 9295 Back here on BGN radio this so I'm going to morph two questions here this was kind of a second question that our good friend at Pinch My Squid threw in here he put will the Eagles extend Miles Sanders or let him walk when his contract runs out and that kind of bleeds into the next question from I am Eli Doyle, who says, what will we need to see out of Miles Sanders this year to solidify himself as the man to give the rock out of the backfield this season? So definitely a player of interest this mm-hmm. year, given that he's in a contract season and it, Miles Sanders, it's a weird evaluation in that, you know, you look at the stat sheet, yards per carry are good and everything but you're left wanting there's been injury issues. And I think this was a really good point by you in a recent article about how when he's had these games with more volume in terms of carries, he hasn't really been able to stay durable, yeah. which kind of makes sense. You know, you're taking more wear and tear, but like, that's a big kind of concern. And also kind of speaks to why there may have been games or, or games at times where it's like, why aren't you getting miles Sanders, the ball at least 20 times. So well, it's like, well, because he kind of gets hurt when that yeah. happens and that's kind of an issue. Yeah. So uh, I definitely think he's a weird evaluation. I don't think he's a bad player by any means, but I just don't think where he currently is to this point in summer of 2022, he is not warranted a contract extension. Do you disagree?
2: He's had such a weird career so far because his rookie season was sort of the opposite of what we were maybe expecting when he came out of college. Like I thought he was going to be no problem as a runner uh, coming out of Penn State, but the, the concern areas were catching the football, you know, being, being, you know, a, a a legitimate weapon as a, as a receiver out of the backfield um, pass protection and fumbles. And that first year it was the opposite. Like he was good in those, he didn't turn the ball over. He was good in pass pro and he was a weapon as a receiver at 50 catches for 500 something yards. Uh, but early in the year, he wasn't great as a runner. He was dancing in the backfield, trying to bounce everything outside. And then eventually he kind of get that fixed. And by the end of that year, like he had kind of put it all together. He had 1300 yards from scrimmage. I thought he was like a legitimate candidate for uh rookie of the year. I thought actually AJ Brown, <laughs> oddly enough, uh should have gotten it that year it's over uh Kyler Murray. Um, but uh Kyler Murray wound up getting it because he's a quarterback. Uh but Miles Sanders heading into that next year, I think expectations were super high for him. And then he just wasn't good as a receiver. He wasn't good in pass pro, had fumbles, ran the ball, like uh a, like showed some explosiveness where he had like those three 75 plus rushes. You take those out of the equation. And of course they count and there were big plays in those games when he made them. But if you take those out, he was actually under four yards per carry. And then last year he has a weird season where he averages 5.5 yards per carry. (laughs) And he didn't have a single rush of over 40 yards, which is kind of like a a weird thing. So. And didn't have a touchdown either. He didn't have any touchdowns as a receiver uh, or as a runner. Like Boston Scott had how many touchdowns did he have as a, as a, as a runner, like seven, something like that,
1: seven or eight or so. And then
2: Kenny Gainwell, I think had six and he didn't, <laughs> he didn't have any, which is crazy. Um, I don't, I think that's kind of like a, just a, an anomaly it a weird thing. That just kind of happened last year. Uh, but last year, you know, again, he wasn't where they wanted him to be uh, as a receiver. He ran the ball. Okay. Enough. I thought there were times where he left meat on the bone where the right. other backs didn't. But also the other backs had no chance – like Jordan Howard specifically had no chance of breaking off a big play, whereas Miles Sanders sure. potentially could. If he, I'll say this. Whenever we talk about like what – like the, the how the Eagles offense has improved or like how on paper they look really good, I never mention the running backs or Miles Sanders. Like It's always just their wide receivers are way improved with – Devonte Smith in his second year, AJ Brown, Quez Watkins could make a leap, Dallas Goddard's a borderline, top five type of tight end, offensive line is elite. And then, you know, it's all right there in front of Jalen Hurts to be successful. But you know what? Like if Miles Sanders can be what he's capable of being, like he's shown that he can do everything at varying points in his career as a runner, pass protection, receiver, um, uh, you know, not turning the ball over, keep you know, not fumbling. He's shown all those things at varying points, but it's just never put it together. If he can put it together, that's a problem for like opposing defenses that already have to worry about all those other things that I just mentioned. So like if he can put it together, the Eagles offense is going to be doing all the more scarier uh, for opposing defenses. Now, as far as the question goes, what do you do with them? I don't think you can give him an extension in season because it's going to be just too costly and you want to see what he's going to do, obviously the season before you pay him. Um, yeah, And why
1: does he want to sign that right now? Exactly.
2: So like if he's playing well and they give some sort of team friendly offer, like they were able to get done with Jordan Milata and Dallas Goddard, uh, for example, like a, a season ago, he's probably not going to want to sign something like that. He's probably going to want to see what he can, you know, uh, earn in free agency potentially. So yeah, I don't, I don't see them getting anything done until next off season when sort of the market sort of resets and, and, and they can reevaluate what his worth to the franchise is.
1: I don't think he's been bad, but I think it's fair to say he's been kind of disappointing. Sure. Um, you know, it, you're, you're measuring it against expectation. And I think to me, it comes down to the issues beyond injury, beyond fumbles, which are <laughs> concerns to me, his lack of development as a pass catcher, I think mm-hmm. is the biggest disappointing thing. And if he had that, like totally justifies giving him another contract because you know a big reason why running backs don't get those big deals is because, you know, running the football generally except for last year's Eagles is not as important as being able to throw the football. And I think by contrast, like a player like an Alvin Kamara, like you can extend him because he's such a big part of your passing mm-hmm. game. And there's like value in that. He might be and I don't think by that, the
2: way, now that you bring him up, yes, which would be huge for the Eagles. Benefit pick. the Eagles.
1: Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one.
2: One more, thing uh, say, Andrew, so, one more, one more last thing on him. I, well, I don't know I have if you're you continuing on him or not. Sorry if I cut you off there.
1: Um. I think I was done other than just like, I'm not out on him, but I'm definitely not like feeling amazing about him.
2: <laughs> so he's in his contract year, as we just said. Um, and I think sometimes people equate that to okay, well, he's going to be more motivated financially to play better. <laughs> but with him, I don't think that's the case because I think, and you and I have mentioned this before on the podcast, like he's he's not delusional about what he is as a player. Like he didn't, like he is always acknowledged when he has a deficiency, and he works towards fixing it. So. I think he's he's not a player that doesn't work hard, doesn't try to get better. I don't think you're going to see him work harder because he's in a contract year because he always works hard. So, uh you can kind of look at that one of two ways. Like you like you know, little golf clap for him for for caring enough to work hard at his craft. Which you can't you know, you can't say that for a lot of other players around the league, but he seems to care and he wants to be better, but he's always been that. So, I don't know that him being in a contract year necessarily gives him uh, a bump, uh, in terms of like his want to or desire to be better.
1: Okay. But if we're talking about, you know, delusional, how do you, how do you feel about what he said in terms of his quote that everyone has seen? Uh, I believe in a CBS interview with uh, a good friend and former BGN member, Cody Benjamin. Oh, I didn't see that. Something to the effect of, yeah, you did. It was, the, the John it was like Clark the last reason, uh, podcast no. with him. No, it was – well, there was that and there was kind of talk about him needing more opportunities. Well, I think he um, said that on the
2: podcast, didn't he? Right. Yeah.
1: But the other thing he said in the interview was the line about we feel like we're on an all-star team. Oh, okay. Which got people <laughs> thinking like is this is the new dream team <laughs> yeah. quote and everything. And I don't blame people for feeling that way because yeah. there's trauma and you're kind of scarred. What I'll say about that quote is that like, I don't, I don't love it. I got to be honest, I don't love seeing that because, you know, be about it. Don't talk about it. But also, I don't think it's the biggest deal if it's just, you know, an offhand comment as much as it is more concerning to me if that's how players genuinely feel. Like, because I've seen Eagles teams in the past and I I can't remember what year it was. Might have been, I forget what year it was. Um, but I remember once upon a time, Lane Johnson effectively, or in not so many words, saying that we bought into the hype. We bought into our mm-hmm. own hype, like early on in, in a, a given season. And pull that I back kind of up. That's,
2: that's a that's a good pull by you.
1: I forget I, find when, when that, that was. Quote,
2: pull that back up. Not right now. Yeah, but I, I mean, have to uh, at some point. Yeah.
1: So I'm that. That's where my concern would be. If the if the players actually do believe that, like they've oh we've had this great off season, and we're just gonna kind of roll here, then that would be concerning to me.
2: Yes, I do think it's just uh you know sort of excited about the uh, additions that they made this off season. It is certainly a better p- team on paper, um, and yeah, I'm sure he got a little bit of a glimpse of what they can maybe be in OTAs. The, the on the flip side of that too, I will say that the team really was smelling themselves in 2017. But I think that also fueled them. Like I remember Chris Long doing uh, a, a, an interview. He, he was like, we knew around like week five or six or so, yo, we're really good. <laughs> and, uh and I think, and the, you know, obviously re- if you recall that season, that season was all about like touchdown celebrations for them. They like, mm-hmm. they were just rolling teams and they are having fun in the end zone after every time they scored and they kind of just had fun that year because they knew they were good and uh, and they and they rolled with it. The difference maybe is that they had already kind of gotten off to a great start and they knew they were good as opposed to like they think they're good. So I'm kind of with you. Let's let's see it. Let's not hear it. I would also say
1: a key difference of 2017 is there were – I think people were more down on the team. I think there are really big questions about Doug. Uh, I think people didn't know, people were excited about Wentz, but there were still some questions there as well. And I think more than anything, they were overshadowed by the Cowboys because the Cowboys had, you know, uh, Dak coming off this standout rookie year, rookie of the year, which is a dumb award that he got, sort of went to Zeke, (laughs) Zeke being great. I think people were so, I think there was so much hype on the Cowboys still that the Eagles were able to fly a little bit under the radar there. Um, All right, anyway. Let's get to the next question, which is cause we have like a couple more, a few, like five more. Some of the ones are quick, uh, including maybe this one. At Nick Nugget asks. If you had to recast the office using only current Eagles players, coaches, and front office executives, who would be cast in each role? Now, That's a quick one. I is, well, I mean, like I don't think we can get into all of this. It's pretty hard. To do yeah, and, I like, can't do that. You on know, the what spot. do you do for what do I do for like <laughs> Pam and Angela? Like I don't know who. Like I don't know. Like and I don't know. So let's skip that one. Maybe ones, we can come
2: back to that on a next on a future podcast.
1: Well, a couple of ones that came to mind. I think. Sirianni is your Michael Scott kind of because he's kind of like a little bit of like a goofy guy, has energy. Okay. Um that's what kind of came to mind for him. Michael Scott came up, you know, as a uh a salesman who's kind of promoted to head coach. Yeah. Or sorry, like a salesman <laughs> who's promoted to manager, yeah. and the parallel Sirianni you know, being the coordinator, and some people thought maybe that was like a little too uh big for his britches at the moment um also i have brandon brooks as daryl because Daryl was like always pretty smart and kind of chill okay. and like the cool guy and like and more rational than everyone else uh and I, I feel like that's brandon brooks he's pretty grounded i know he's not a current player but those are two that stuck out to me um if you listeners have any ideas you can tweet at us yeah by yeah, all it's, means it's a tough one
2: yeah. by all means yeah, if, cast you the have, entire if you show. have some uh yeah hashtag eagles the office
1: at B Wesley B five asks, could take this a couple routes. What's your favorite current music artist or one from your childhood, and which player's personality or highlights would seem to connect with that artist's style or songs? So, <laughs> I don't know that I can really do the second half, but I wanted to at least get to the first this, half. Which this question's all
2: you. I got nothing. What, on what this is one your two? You are not a music guy at all, Jimmy? Nah, I I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I am i am not into I'm not into music the way that other people are.
1: What would do you have like a favorite band or a favorite song or song not necessarily a favorite, but like a song you like or an artist that you like at all? I don't really.
2: Really? Yeah. Nothing. I don't have a favorite band, definitely. You never like listen to music at I all? I do, but I mean it's I don't seek it out you, the way that other do you have a genre you might like more than others?
1: Would you go to a con have you ever been to a I've concert? I've been to concerts, yeah. Okay.
2: What I'm embarrassed to? to say. I don't think I'm going right. to delve into that in this podcast episode.
1: <laughs> well, now everyone's going to want to hear it. You know people are going to pressure you because you don't want to say it. So that's fine. <laughs> but you're going to get a lot of questions of people uh, asking you. All right. Uh, Jimmy's a coward. We get it. Um, to me, I listen to music in a very specific way, typically, which is uh, I like to listen to albums front to back. And that kind of speaks to – the style of music I like, which is generally like more progressive songs that kind of flow into each other. Um, maybe an album that has a theme or a concept doesn't necessarily have to have that, but you know, like a Pink Floyd, um, a Coheed and Cambria, um, like any kind of progressive rock I like. Uh, alternative, I hate to say I like all kinds of music, but I, you know, I listen, I don't, I'm not like against anything. I don't, I'm not the biggest country person, but there are some good country songs, some good country artists. Um, Author on music when I write. Uh, I don't know how you do that, Jimmy, but I like to, especially I if I'm writing something it. longer. I can't even have okay. the TV on. Interesting. Uh, I have to have it in my headphones, like headphones on listening to an entire album. So mm. I, I don't really like shuffle. Cause I don't like just like hearing like random songs. Like I need, I need my order. I need my sequence. And it kind of helps me get in the zone okay. when I'm writing something, especially if it's longer again, like, uh, I know you do like your 10 awards after an Eagles game. I do like my 10 winners and or my winners and losers, Mm -hmm. like kind of doing that something. So I don't really know in terms of matching a player's personality. I I can't, that one's tougher to, to, to answer, but uh, I at least answered half of the question. And we have another question here from at B Wesley five B five, who says play corrective GM. If you could take back one offseason move, what would it be? And how would you try to reallocate the resources you get back to better the team? From previous statements, I would assume it is Fletcher Cox's deal. But what would you do if the Eagles didn't make that move?
2: Yeah. Um, that would definitely be the move. Because uh, I mean, you're $14 million. You could just not
1: spend the money. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Anything. I mean, you don't necessarily have to go out and, and uh, use that money. Um, I think that, like, Let's say you traded for Jesse Bates, for example. That money mm-hmm. covers him. Like, okay. Okay. Now, I'm not saying they're going to trade for Jesse Bates or anything like that. Or, you know, and th- that's a whole side discussion on what you have to give up to get a, a guy like that. But uh, I don't think we ever example, talked about Jukwiski
1: Tart. But, by but the also, way.
2: let's say like maybe a splurge a little bit on a safety. Like they had interest in Justin Reed and Marcus Williams. Uh, does, your, does the back end look better with? marcus williams and either anthony harris or marcus epps or anthony harris and marcus epps so i'm not saying i even like marcus williams necessarily but that that money could have gone to a position that maybe isn't as strong as where they are and how much how much resource allocation they already have uh at defensive tackle and of course jordan davis came along after they spent that money on fletcher cox but um I think they were strong there anyway with like Milton Williams and Javon Hargrave. And they could add, you know, whether they got Jordan Davis or somebody else, they could add it somewhere along the line. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, under, I still to this day, don't understand the, the 14 million for Cox. They could have gone to, to multiple other players, or like you said, if you don't spend it at all, you can just bank it for the following year.
1: Um, and if you're looking for another defensive tackle, I think if I'm not mistaken, Sheldon Richardson like might still be out there. You know, you could assign yeah. someone else who's, you know for nothing. Like, lesser than yeah. Fletcher Cox, but yeah, like, you know, be fine. Um Yeah, so don't love that move. I don't think we ever talked about Jaquiski Tart on the podcast. I don't think we recorded oh, since then. Okay. Um do you have any takes on him?
2: Uh, I haven't sat down. You think he's
1: bad. Uh, what's that? <laughs> That's your take on him. You think he stinks? It's,
2: I wouldn't say he stinks, but he, he has a really concerning lack of production in his, what what's he been in the league? Four or five years? Five years, I think. A long time now, I think. Mm, like
1: 2014, I feel like. 2014, is that right? Now I gotta look it up. He's been in, he's been in the league
2: for a while. I think he's been like seven seasons or so. He's thirty. Oh, that could be whatever, what, what, however long he's been. Oh yeah, you're right. He's been. He's. It's going to be his eighth year. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Me. Okay, so he's got four career sacks, which you know you're not looking for that at a safety. He's got four career interceptions. He's got two career forced fumbles in seven years. It's not good. Like I want my safety to make some plays here and there, and he's been a starter for them for the entirety of his career, just about. Right. So yeah, even as a rookie, he started eight, he started eight games, played in 15, I guess the second year he started six, uh, played in 15. And then thereafter he's every game that he has played in, he has started. He's injury prone. He played, he missed three games last year. looks like he missed nine games the year before that four games, eight games, seven games in 2017. So like he's not even able to stay on the field really. Um but again, it's just a lack of uh production in terms of taking the ball away. Four again, four interceptions, two forced fumbles. He's creating less than one turnover per season. I want, you know, I want a I want a safety that can make plays.
1: Uh so the the counter is like if you look at the forty ers defensive splits with and without him, which you you know take it for what it's mm-hmm. worth, there's a lot of variables in there. It's not a perfect science, but they were better with him significantly than without him. And there's a thought to his game that he's not going to make the big plays. And people will point to the NFC championship oh, God, game interception yeah. drop maybe there, which is really bad. But he kind of seems to have like a knack, to the book on him for being in position to prevent some of those bigger plays and not being like a total liability on the back end. So And also, uh, there seems to be some thought that, at least going off of uh, Johnny Page's good film breakdowns for BGM. I meant to get. I know he
2: liked him. I've been meaning to to read that and see if my because again, I really haven't dug in and watched a lot of them. Johnny, I'm sure has. So I'm willing to have my mind changed on him. I have to. I have to actually take a look at that post.
1: Johnny did all the safeties, so he did Jaquiski Tart. He mm-hmm. did recently Anthony Harris this week, and he did Marcus Epps. And he he, he was pretty high, I think, on Marcus Epps. I think, I he liked Tart a little bit better than Epps, but I think he liked Epps second most, and then Harris. So, I'm almost wondering, like, if Tart and Harris will rotate more so with Epps being in there mm-hmm. more often, based on different skill sets and whatnot. In any case, I think all three of those guys are going to get some kind of snaps, kind of like we talked about. There will be, you know, rotation at linebacker. I also think there will be, you know, safety snaps divided between those three guys. Yep, Mainly, I don't sense. think Kayvon Wallace is really in the picture or anyone else. They did that, that last winner, year, so. too, with
2: Rodney.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it was, it was Rodney. And, and I wonder if they want to take that approach with anthony harris now who's a little bit Mm -hmm. older and and tart really and kind of like not put the full burden on either one of those guys and kind of split it up a little bit so something to monitor uh yeah so that was the cox question we have four more at talent nj 13 asks favorite sunday paper cartoon and the guy asking this i should mention has a calvin and Hobbes avatar
2: okay uh does the far side count I think so. I think they were in the paper when I was a kid, right? But yeah, the far side. I, I was Larson, looking up a side.
1: list of the top comics because I it's been so long since yeah. I feel like I've looked at a comic in a it newspaper. Like, since I've held a newspaper, really. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. So it was tough. Uh, I don't remember those. The three ones that came to mind were Peanuts, you know, like Charlie Brown sure. stuff. I always liked those. Classic. Hard to go wrong. Love the Charlie Brown piano, by the way. The, like the intro. Love that song. Yeah. Love it's also the, the Christmas song. Um, Dilbert. Jimmy, don't get us D- DMCA'd. <laughs> uh, Dilbert, I always thought was kind of fun. And and to me, it's not just about like the content of the cartoon. I also have to like how the animation looks. That also works for me with certain shows. Like I, I've never been a South Park guy. I know people think it's funny, think it's great, but I can't get over... I don't like how the animation looks. Like It doesn't look... <laughs> Good to be. Like, it just doesn't look like something I would enjoy, so that kind of turns me off. And I also put Marmaduke in here, so I always thought that was funny with the the big dog. Uh, so those are my top three. You got a lot
2: of answers there, but yeah, I'm going far side. My above
1: and beyond. Yeah, my dad. My dad used to have an entire Calvin and Hobbes book, like comic book, mm-hmm. which was fun. Um, although I was way too young to like understand it, and also I started coloring it in, which he was not, <laughs> not happy about. That's funny. So they're black and white. That's like a coloring book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so shout out to my dad. Sorry, dad. Uh, at GMD one, one, two, eight, four asks, what is the, who is the statistical wide receiver one in 2022? AJ Brown or Devante Smith. We already kind of answered this in our over under podcast, yeah. which is just to listen to. And that is, we're both taking Devonte. Smith. Oh, we Smith. both
2: took him. Okay. Yeah. I think that's sort of, uh, uh, we're not in the, we're in the minority on that. I think most people will think of A.J. Brown as the likely number one receiver next year, whereas uh, we may Mm -hmm. as well just repeat ourselves. I'll repeat myself real quick. When I looked at A.J. Brown's 2021 season, um, and to be clear, we have to account for he was banged up that year, missed like four or five games, I think four games, but was also otherwise, he played through injuries as well. So that affected him. Um, But there were a lot of drops. And there, I was disappointed by his tackle breaking now in 2020 mm. and 2019, like he was at times Christian Okoye and tech guys just bouncing off of him. But last year he didn't really have as many broken tackles as I was anticipating when I sat down and cut up video of, you know, all of his targets. So um, he'll be healthier in 2022, presumably, and maybe he'll go back to the get back to the receiver that he was in 2019, 2020, 2018. Um, but we'll see. I mean, because I, I don't think that's a, a, like a, a, a given. Uh, I will say that he was more productive than his numbers showed last year because he was by far the Titans' most productive receiver, even though he missed four games. Like closest guy was Julio Jones, and he outpaced him significantly anyway, even missing those games. Um, and also, the Titans, like the Eagles, were super run heavy. In fact, I think they were the second run heaviest team in the NFL yep. behind the Eagles. So he miss uh, he misses out on targets because of that. Um, but I like what I saw. And I don't mean to be super negative on AJ Brown because I think AJ Brown's an awesome player. And I think yeah, it's, it's,
1: be, it's not even about being negative about yeah, him. Yeah. I think it's more about th- a belief th- in Devontae. I think
2: Devontae really showed a lot as a rookie, and the step that he makes from year one into year two is going to maybe not be a big one because he was already kind of polished coming from college into the NFL, but he's going to be better for sure in year two. And I love the way that he runs routes and gets separation. And I love his sideline awareness, his general awareness on the football field. He catches the football well. There are a few occasional drops in there, but I think they mostly happened early in the season. I love what he is as a receiver, and I think he can make plays at all three levels of the defense
1: will be interesting to see where teams put their top corners and if mm, they shadow, yep. you know, which player I think there's a chance because of Brown's reputation that he could get some yep. more defensive attention, which would then, you know, open more opportunities yep. for Devonte as well. And it's a small sample size. It was just two OTA practices, but Devante Smith looked really good, man. He looked like no one was stopping him. Like he, he was having his way with the defense. Mm. So uh, I feel really good about Devonte. Just did an NFC East team, all-star team with uh, RJ for this week's NFC Mixtape. And I didn't have Devontae in the top three. because so I think it's kind of tough to put him over AJ Brown based on that's their fair. careers right now. Yeah. But I fully expect Devontae to be there next year. And maybe AJ Brown will be, or I don't know. What was it, I Devontae... and AJ Brown? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think that's what you have to say right now. But I think Devontae is going to make that leap. I feel really good about him. He is a baller, flat out. Next question, wrapping up here. Three more, basically. Uh, which rookie will have the bigger impact this season, Jimmy? Jordan Davis or N'Kobe Dean?
2: Uh, that's a good question. I would question. say, <laughs> it's a tough one to an say Jordan Davis
1: because I think you can argue he's going to have more of an impact even if the statistical production isn't there just because if the defense plays better as a whole – He's going to get some level of credit for that just because the amount of attention, in theory, he could draw up front yeah. and the resources you won't have to dedicate to uh, or so you more you can dedicate more resources more re- more resources to coverage as opposed to what you're doing up front. Um, and I just I wonder and I know he's going to be a backup in terms of, you know, he's behind Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave on the depth chart. But the eagles are going to rotate i think their defensive linemen potentially more often than Nakobe dean might play if kaiser white and tj edwards are kind of establishing themselves as the top two linebackers and then not to say that Nakobe dean is definitely losing playing time to davion taylor but like davion taylor's around and there's other bodies at that linebacker position who potentially like yeah. could be in the mix there where i think davis is clearly the third defensive tackle and will have some kind of established role in this defense so i'm going to go with davis what about you?
2: Yeah, it's tough because if N'Kobe Dean makes plays, they're just so much more visible than when Jordan Davis might do something on the interior of the line that you might completely miss. Um, and then also, N'Kobe Dean has two players—I wouldn't even say that, that are definitely ahead of him—but there are two players that aren't on the same level at his position that are sort of in place at Jordan Davis's position at defensive tackle. So— <laughs> Like he's going to have a, maybe a potentially harder time getting as many snaps and opportunities as N'Kobe Dean potentially. Uh, but I'm with you. I think, uh, ultimately Jordan Davis is, um, you know, was selected as highly as he was for a reason. And they gave up the assets that they were willing to give up to go get him. And I think they're going to make sure that he gets his share of playing time in, in 2022, and they're going to put him in a position to, to make plays and, and be successful. So yeah, I'm going, I'm going Jordan Davis.
1: I could also see Jordan Davis having some, like, highlight plays in terms of, like, if he stuffs a run, it could just be look so funny sometimes because he's so huge and he just, like, swallows up a running back. And that's, like, I don't know if you remember this play, but did Davion Clowney in college I believe it was when South Carolina, yeah, Yeah. he just took a guy's head off. I'm not saying he'll do exactly that, but I could see a play with him just like swallowing someone up in the backfield and that will be like stuck in everyone's head for the rest of the season. Uh, And I think, you know, I just think we'll have a good opportunity to do things like that. There's a highlight from him
2: last year. I forget who they were playing, but the quarterback scrambled to his right and it wasn't like Florida, was it? um, I think it was a smaller school. I I, I could be wrong on that. But it, the quarterback wasn't some statue that couldn't run. Like, oh. And he, ch- no, yeah. Like he, you saw Jordan Davis yeah. from his, you know, from the interior just sprint to the outside. And you're like, holy shit, how does that guy run that fast? <laughs> so, like, I think maybe there's a, there's a moment like that in 2022 that we see. From right.
1: Him. I, I think this kind of speaks to like this unique <laughs> athlete that he is. Yes. I think there's potential for him to at least be seen to have more of an impact because he's just such a freak out there. Yeah. And not, you know, like nothing against Nicobe Dean, but Jordan Davis, like you said, was taken higher and I, I like him better as a prospect. So I'm gonna bet on that. Yeah. Uh two quick questions to end it. Um at mismatch Philly asked, Is there a fantasy football league that all of the BGN writers participate in? And the answer is no. And the answer for me at least will be no because You don't play, I don't all, play right? fantasy football. Yeah. I've not played fantasy football since like maybe twenty fifteen. Uh, I just okay. I can't do it. I can't do it with I can't be stressed about like setting my lineup on the day (laughs) of a game when I already have like a billion other things going on that morning. I can't, I just can't do, it. I can't dedicate the proper time to fantasy football and balance that with what I have going on for work. It happens to
2: me all the time in the press box. Like if the Eagles have a one o'clock game, for example, I'll I'll write my inactives and then I'll just be eating the press box food spread stuff. And I'll be, you know, BSing with other people. And you got to get your lineup in by a certain point before one o'clock, and uh, you know I'll look at the clock and it'll be like twelve forty-five, and I will go, oh, oh, I forgot, to, I forgot to set my fantasy football lineup because I, like, and for me and you, we spend so much time watching, writing about, thinking about football that when we have free time, we don't necessarily want to cram more football into it. So that's kind of been, I've, I've been in two leagues for the last. I don't know, six, seven, eight years or something like that. I will definitely not be adding to that. If anything, I'll be subtracting from that. Uh, but yeah, that's why I I knew that you weren't a big fantasy football player, but it's been like seven or eight years since you've done it, huh?
1: Yeah, I don't miss it. Honestly. <laughs> um, I'm not trying to yuck anyone's young go. If you love fantasy football, <laughs> oh, yeah, go for it. But yeah.
2: I, I, I can't, get it. I, I, it doesn't I, work for I, me. Totally, like if I if this weren't my job, I'd be in like I'd be in like eight leagues, I'm sure
1: same i'd play fantasy yeah. again if i wasn't doing this but I, it just does not i i realized a couple of years into this i started in 2013 basically i think it was 2015 it might have been my last year it's like this just is not working like i'm not, yeah. I'm not having fun like it's just not fun to me uh last question at n zect 24 asks why are the flyers and i brought this up <laughs> because the flyers made this apparently bad trade i don't know much about
2: yeah me neither
1: Hockey enough to like, you know, give you like the nitty gritty, no pun intended of this. You should listen to Broad Street Hockey, uh the BSH Radio, B-S-H Radio their podcast and, and broadstreethockey.com to check out all the analysis there. But I feel like I follow smart Flyers fans, including those people, including our good friend Dan Klosner. And when they all hate a move, they're usually pretty <laughs> yeah. right about that. Like they're they're not like off base and being too harsh. Well, who do they trade the for? Flyers What's name? I forget his name. I don't even know, but D'Angelo something. Apparently, he's like from this area to some extent. I don't know, but
2: D'Angelo Barksdale. uh,
1: Is that it? No, I don't think that's it. That's a
2: character from The Wire.
1: Okay, (laughs) Um, definitely not him. But (laughs) I, I just the thing. the, The reason I brought this question up real quick is I just it really nothing. My biggest pet peeve in sports, Jimmy, might be teams who just don't have a vision. I just, and I can't, it's really frustrating to be a fan of that team because what do you root for exactly? I always bring up like when the Sixers were bad and going through the process years, Mm -hmm. I could watch the games and feel good about it because I knew like, okay, this team sucks, but some of these are young guys who might get better and some of the players might eventually be around when they're good, like a Robert Covington. And that ended up, you know, like being like him, someone like him. Uh, or, you know, maybe you get excited about some player who, you know, isn't going to be on the team, but you might be able to flip for a bigger asset down the road. Like I can, I can buy into that. With the Flyers right now, my understanding is they totally are being like delusional and not realizing that they need to tear down because there is this like diseased mindset in sports where you must win at all costs at all times. And that, And I don't know if this is like an American thing too, but just like the idea that you can't take losses to move ahead, like or just a worldwide human nature thing. Like sometimes you need to take one step back to go like several steps forward. Like people can't reconcile that for some reason. I think it comes (laughs) like it's it's at odds with like the philosophy of sports and competition, which is like win at all costs, no matter what. And that just really frustrates me because it's just not it's not smart. It's just dumb. It's like very dumb to be like we need to squeeze as much out of this orange as we can, even though it's like basically completely dry. And if we just kind of like threw away this orange and waited for a little bit, maybe we could get a new one that was full of juice to squeeze from. Like, it's just, it's just a waste of time. And like, the flyers are wasting everyone's time. I feel bad for the people who have to cover them daily because they have to act like this is relevant because that's their job. Like, they just can't stop covering the team, but you're just stuck in like this irrelevant time frame which is where the sixers were before the process basically and it's just it's just a big waste of everyone's time so i hate that it's tough to follow there's nothing redeeming about it i don't feel like the flyers don't have any kind of interesting player, star players that like that are must watch tv they're just they're lost and this trade only puts them further away from like getting to a point where they need to reset so not to be a giant bummer, but like that's how I I, I want to like the Flyers. I want to watch the Flyers. If the Flyers had a vision, if they were not even if just if they were good, if they had some kind of plan, I would watch all of the games. But I can't watch any of the games right now because they're getting unlikable players supposedly from this recent trade, and they're just stuck in the middle. So I hate that.
2: So they on their Twitter announcement, it's a trade. We have acquired Tony D'Angelo and a seventh round pick, two hundred twentieth overall in this year's draft from Carolina. In exchange for our fourth round pick in 2022, third round pick in 2023, and the lowest—oh, excuse me—that the lowest of the, of the of their three picks in 2023 in the third round, apparently, and the second round pick in 2024. Um, and then the replies under that are brutal. <laughs> One of which is you, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> he said, that's true. Can you not? Yeah, <laughs> I was not it's expecting like, to see your name under there when, I'm in I, found, there. when I found this. Tweet. I just, I just feel <laughs> so helpless,
1: I, and I don't know how you can't as a fan. Like you just, you see your team just completely lying to themselves, like making. You know, it's one thing. Like I'll give Howie some credit and the Eagles some credit. Like they made some move, but some of them at least have like made sense. Yeah,
2: even if you and don't, if agree it goes with wrong them completely. Like even Fletcher Cox. Like you, you, like they okay, they paid him fourteen million. They wildly overpaid him, but. You know they have a pretty really like they have a really good defensive tackle rotation now in theory. Uh huh. <laughs> you know right. It's
1: we're criticizing there that they're not like optimizing their resources as opposed yeah, to totally yeah. just like throwing them down the toilet <laughs> right. and like wasting everyone's time and being like, what are you even like? I can't even see what you're thinking. Yeah. Like, what is the logic? Like, what are you? How are you approaching this? Like from from what I gather, this Flyers trade, they basically traded a guy away last year who like kind of fits this same profile and it's just like it's just like what are you doing like i don't understand what what the thinking is so i just think that's so frustrating and tough, and tough for me like again as a fan like i can't i can't watch those teams like they have i i don't teams have not earned like my loyalty to watch every single game just because i'm a fan you know what i'm saying there like just because i'm a fan of the flyers doesn't mean i'm going to watch every single game like they have to They have to meet me halfway or somewhat of the way and like do some things that make me want to watch. I'm not just going to watch them no matter what. Like I'm not giving them blind loyalty. I'll still root for them and hope they succeed in spite of my uh, lack of belief. But like I'm not going to just fully buy in just because like I've committed to this thing. Like I I feel like there's too much of that in sports. There's too much like blind loyalty. And I'm not saying I'm going to become a fan of another team to be clear or anything like that. But like hold the team to higher standards. There's so many flyers. I this. I'm not to blame it on the fans, but I feel like there are a lot of flyers fans who kind of like just go along for the ride with this stuff, and they'll like criticize it. I'm not saying they love it now, but they don't like really do anything about it. They they still support the team (laughs) as if they would if they were making smart moves. So it's like, well, I feel like maybe that kind of shows the front office that like you're not kind of serious enough about. And I don't know what they can do at the end of the day, in fairness. I don't know like if a boycott or whatever is really realistic. But I feel like maybe if the viewership numbers go down and the ticket sales go down, maybe the front office is thinking like, oh, we might actually need to change things because people are kind of tuning us out. And uh, being you know, fans feeling indifferent about us is really bad. So,
2: well, what do you know? You're a blogger. Yeah, right? Well, you know what? I actually have an answer to that question because former <laughs> – Broad Street Hockey blogger right. Eric Tolsky is now part yeah. of the Carolina Hurricanes front office as their assistant yeah. GM. And he is who just ripped off the flyers in this trade or so everyone says. <laughs> also, weren't the not he, but like- the, the Canes front office. I don't know how much Eric had to do with that, but, but yeah, former blogger like- making good trades for the Canes against your, uh, against your team.
1: I wrote, <laughs> Uh or sorry, I retweeted Dan Klosner's tweet about like he said he was basically just begging the Flyers to let any like informed group chat run the team instead of Well they should hire uh, Tulski. I mean honestly, yeah. Didn't the what did the Hurricanes just do? Did they just win? No, they, they win got knocked out tough, right? by the, the uh,
2: Rangers, the I Rangers think, in the in the round to
1: in the Eastern Conference no, final the maybe? The one
2: the round before that. Okay, because so the whatever. Rangers they made the playoffs. to the Lightning. Um, the Rangers lost to the Lightning after they beat the Canes. But the okay. Canes are well, thought of as like one of the best teams yeah. in hockey, and also sort of uh, like you know um, staying power because they they have a young, very good roster.
1: Hmm. Something to think about, Flyers. All right, way too much hockey talk probably for this podcast, <laughs> but um, we haven't talked in a while, Jimmy, so it was good to go longer. Uh, do you have any final thoughts?
2: Uh, I did not come prepared with final thoughts, um, but I am enjoying my summer. And uh, hugs to your whole family for the loss of your grandmother. And um, I don't know. Training camp isn't too far away. What are we at? Uh, July 8th now. And so they were the
1: 18 days, but then their first practice will be the day after that. So the first practice is still almost three, just under three weeks away. Yeah,
2: So uh, that'll be fun. I will uh, try my hardest to enjoy these next three weeks before my life is over.
1: Uh, we'll go like that to me.
2: It <laughs> definitely will. How about you?
1: Yeah. Uh, also, same, trying to fit in some last minute uh, things to do. See some people, do some things before training camp arrives but once training camp is here jimmy yeah people know what it is daily pods That's right every single practice, practice notes practice notes all of the good stuff coming everyone's memories way. made memories made <laughs> uh honestly once training camp training begins, camp is kind of
2: the fun like the, the my most favorite time of uh covering football sure. Even if I am sad that like uh the summer's basically over for me. It is my favorite time of year and there's definitely juice to it when when you kind of get going and they, oh. they put the pads on and they're hitting a little bit and uh you're at practice every day. I, I that's that's my favorite part of that grind.
1: Well, optimism like like just lives in that time yes. of the year because like, okay, this player's looking good in training. There's no accountability <laughs> yet. They haven't lost a game because right. as soon as that first loss comes All that stuff goes out the window. But until then, you're riding high. So, uh, yes, also looking forward to that. And love all the coverage for you here. But in the meantime, uh, I guess try to enjoy the downtime because things will move fast. Once training camp gets here, preseason games will be here. And then it'll roll right into the regular season. Roster cuts. All of that stuff will fly by. And then it'll be February before we know it. Um, So looking forward to enjoying this little time of downtime that we have. For the moment. Uh yeah. Okay. So let's wrap this up, Jimmy. Uh BGN Radio brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to righteous felon.com. Discount code BGN fifteen for fifteen percent off your order. Same discount code works at wildnaturepet.com. It's real quick, thanks again to all the listeners who did leave ratings and reviews and questions and weighed in on Twitter and everything. And if we didn't get to your question, it is personal, and we don't like you at all. <laughs> um, that's what Jimmy is uh, holding up on a sign right now that he wanted me to read. With a he picture can't see of my, it, with a middle finger on it, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm just reading what he said. Uh, check out Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors by going to roachrealtors.com or texting or calling the following phone number that Jimmy will read right now.
2: 856-906-9295.
1: And if you don't live in New Jersey or, you know, if you're just looking for advice, you can reach out to her, right, Jimmy? Like she can, she can help you. She, at the very least, uh, she will take your inquiry, right. And and do her best to help you. Even, even if she can't actually herself buy or sorry, sell you a house. I'll
2: volunteer that. that. Just don't say that. I said that, uh, when you do text her, (laughs) (laughs) um,
1: what else? Um, ratings, reviews, all that good stuff. I haven't closed the pod in a long time. I forget how to do it. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon. We have uh, you know, more NFC mixtape coming along through the summer. Trying to get Jimmy on there at some point. We had promised the the audience that we would do that, but then my last week kind of got thrown into chaos, so we, we didn't weren't able to make that kind of happen. So, but point is, we're not going anywhere. Uh, plenty of pods coming out for you still. So stay tuned, and we will talk to you all next time. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah. You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.
0: Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is Data